You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, praise the Lord. This this is our last in the in the uh, series that I've done doing on the winner's circle. Number three. Title of the message this morning is I Want That Mountain. Amen? You can look at, at a mountain as something that is defeating you or a challenge. We can we can take that mountain, amen? No matter what it is. Okay. Joshua chapter 14, we're going to be going, uh, using uh, most of that, Joshua 14, 6 to 12. God had a, had a land flowing with milk and honey prepared for the children of Israel. That's the way God described it. A land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land occupied by giants and would require many battles to secure it. It was theirs for the taking, but they chose to believe man rather than God. You know the story. Their decision resulted in 40 years of unnecessary wandering in the wilderness. I don't like wilderness wandering. It's tough. This is a great picture of of the Christian life. God saves us and promises us that we can have life of victory. But rather than claiming what is rightfully ours, things like peace and joy, fellowship, power, healing, spiritual gifts, The Bible says that the blessings of God makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. And this is what God was promising Israel. And we, like them, we choose to live in a spiritual wilderness, defeat and depressed. How do we get that way? What happens? A man, a woman, a boy, or a girl commits their life to Christ, and we have this new joy, this new hope. And somehow, like a leaky bucket, we drain out. One day we find ourselves only a shell of what we were when first we met the Lord. Three boys were talking about their dads. One said, my father is a doctor and he practiced medicine. Another said, my dad is an attorney and he practiced law. The third said, my father is a Christian, he don't practice anything. There's a lot of Christians like that today. 
Many who once had an awesome testimony of the saving and the keeping power of the Lord Jesus Christ no longer serves him. Caleb was not a man like that. In the book of Numbers, we read the story of the 12 spies that Moses sent to spy out the promised land. The Bible tells us that 10 of them gave an evil report, but Joshua and Caleb were were positive in that they would be able to conquer just as the Lord had promised. They believed that what God said could happen. And so those ten spies, with the evil report, they all brought back fruit to prove that there was wealth in the land. To prove that, as God said, it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. They said, the land you sent us to spy truly flows with milk and honey, but, I hate that word, don't you? But. You get into a conversation with someone and, They say those things, so nice things, and you're just, oh, praise the Lord. And then you hear that word, but, and you know what's coming next. It's going to negate everything else that they said good. But the people are large. They're giants compared to us. They have walled cities. But Caleb and Joshua stood and said, let's go up at once. Possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the other ten said, no, we can't, because they're stronger than we are. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. And the people, the Bible says, the people believed the negative report and refused to go into the promised land. A negative report. King King James Version calls it an evil report. It's evil because it's sin. When you disbelieve God, it's sin. If God says you can do it and you say, I can't, you're disagreeing with God. You're saying, that's a lie, Lord. I can't. And that's sin. And God was so offended over that that he said, this generation is not going to go in. You're trapped by the words of your mouth. You said we can't and you won't. And 40 years will pass and another generation will come up and that generation will go in. The people sinned. They believed the lie rather than believing God. Have you ever felt like your problems were bigger than you are, stronger than you are? Well, that's how those people felt. I remember in the, where I only got into one of the, the services last weekend because we were on vacation, and I remember the speaker on Sunday night 
He said, what you continually hear, what you allow to go into your mind, what you continually hear, you'll start to believe it. If you read your Bible, you know that Christians walk by faith, not by feelings, not by what you see. Oh, it's encouraging when you see things, you know that God is promising, you see some things happening. That's encouraging. But you don't live by that. We walk by faith. There is a, promise, there is a process to claiming what is promised to us in God's word. Amen? And so the first point I want to make today is we need to step out in faith. That's a part of the process. Now, faith is not a leap in the darkness. This is not my, this is not my saying. I read this somewhere. It sounds so good. I used it all my life since I've been in ministry. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is a walk in the light. And the light is based upon the word of God. God's word is the light. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Anything that is not based on the word of God is positive thinking. But if you want to be really sure, if you want to know that you've got what you desire, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe what God's word says. You stand upon that. And you believe it. Half-heartedly won't do it. Either you believe it or you don't. Amen? You've got to settle it in your mind that God's word is truth and you choose to believe God's word. You don't have to understand how it's going to happen. You don't have to understand when it's going to happen. You just believe God. If God said it, you believe it. Caleb was a man who walked in victory, a man who lived in faith. He never lost sight of the vision. The promise stayed with him. It stayed alive in his heart throughout his life. For the next 40 years, he followed Moses through the wilderness. He watched the whole generation die over a 40-year span for the sin of unbelief. And still in his heart, he witnessed his friend Joshua become the leader in Moses' place. And still in his heart, he believed that promise. I believe every day he, he awakened. Said, wow, another day in this wilderness. We could be over there in the promised land. He fought side by side with the young men. They were 40 years younger than him. Some of them 20 years younger, I suppose. No, 40. They crossed over Jordan under Joshua's command. And he fought alongside of his comrades to secure their land, to get their promise. And when the work was done and all of the tribes had their share, Joshua, he's now 85 years old, 
after helping his, his, his people claim their promise, Caleb approaches Joshua, and this is what he says. Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. <clears throat> A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 45 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised to me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land, that your descendants forever, and your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord your God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and as well as he promised for these 45 years. Since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old and I am as strong as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Nothing had changed in his life. He still had that faith in God. God had promised and he believed. And so he said, I want that mountain. For 45 years, Caleb lived on the mountain in his heart, in his dreams. He had that mountain and he lived on that mountain in his heart. Give me that mountain, Joshua. Let me go and fight for that mountain. I can take it. Because God has promised. Forty years in the wilderness and five years of military campaign to conquer the inhabitants of the land could not dissuade him. Do you suppose we can find something in the New Testament for us today that compares to this story? Of course we can. In fact, it is the word spoken by Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 and 22 in the King, New King James Version. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. It will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. 
My advice to you, if you come across anyone who professes to be a Bible-believing Christian and tries to water that down, walk away from them. Don't even try to argue with them. They've got their mind made up. But you believe God. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, in the New Living Translation says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, New King James Version. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Folks, I'll choose Jesus any day over any philosopher, over any theologian, over any man with his collar on backwards or whatever degrees he may have. I'll choose Jesus' words over any man, any man in the pulpit or on TV or on a, a radio broadcast or whatever it may be. Jesus has the final word. I believe him. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. Are we talking about physical or spiritual mountains here? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Mountains of fear and mountains of doubt and financial mountains and physical mountains and spiritual mountains. If it's in your way, get rid of it. Amen? In the name of Jesus, mountain be removed. Mountain of fear, mountain of doubt, mountain of addiction, mountain of sinful habits. They all must go. If you believe in your heart that you can have victory over it, you will have victory. Caleb represents you and I today. He represents every believer who wants to live in victory. Every believer who wants more of the Spirit and less of themselves. More of victory and less of defeat. More of success and less of failure. The speaking was over. And next comes the actual doing. Folks, listen. There is a time for speaking. There is a time for talking to the mountains or speaking to the mountain and telling it to go. For making your declarations. For confessing the word in faith over your situation. But some point, at some point, you've got to get off your duff and get to work. You've got to do something. You've got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. And that's where we fail many times in our Pentecostal circles. We're always declaring victory. But we're not rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. and Throwing a few spiritual punches at the old enemy. The speaking was over. There were battles to be fought and won. 
The giants were still there. The walls were still there standing, just as it was 40 years ago. From a human standpoint, it was impossible to ask still. But Caleb was relying on God's promise. You will never, you will remember that the ten spies said, we're like grasshoppers compared to them. Some believers have a grasshopper complex. They want to serve God. They want to live on the mountain. They want to live in victory and they want to see the power of God at work. They want to do the impossible. They believe it happened in the past. And they believe that some people today get their victory. But when it comes to me personally, I don't know. This is a large mountain, Lord. If it be your will, take this mountain away. God says, if you believe in your heart, you can say to this mountain, be you removed and cast away, and it will be done. What do you believe? They see the giants of discouragement. They see the giants of failure and the giant of depression, the giant of financial decline. But Caleb courageously proclaimed his confidence in what God had promised. The grasshopper complex is an attitude that says it can't be done. And you'll always find people who will agree with you. If you say it can't be done, you'll find people flocking to you like flies to honey. Bees to honey. <laughs> flies to molasses. <laughs> it's an attitude that says it's too hard, it's too difficult, we'll never be able to do it. And it robs us of what little faith we have. The Bible tells me that God has given to every one of us a measure of faith. And if you listen to those kind of lies, you'll lose that little measure of faith that God has given you. It's an attitude that the devil uses to stop the work of the Lord. It stops churches from advancing and discourages people. So I don't know if I told you the, the second point is be courageous in battle. But we've got that one over now anyway. So step out in faith, be courageous in battle. And number three, be compliant to the word. Joshua 14.8. He said, my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Caleb eyed the mountain that was going to be his one day. He never lost his vision of owning that mountain. It was because of his obedience that God made the promise. I wholeheartedly followed my God. 
God is looking for people who will wholeheartedly follow him. Caleb eyed the mountain. He said, that's going to be mine. That's mine. Because God promised it to me. God announced that Caleb would be rewarded for his obedience. Verse 24, Numbers chapter 14. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude or a different spirit than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. That was a promise made by God 40 years earlier. The others had a spirit of unbelief, a spirit of doubt, spirit of disobedience. Caleb had a different kind of a spirit, a different attitude, spirit of confidence, trust in the Lord, spirit of obedience. He had a right attitude towards God. He believed God. To doubt God's promise would infer that God is a liar. God is not a liar. His word is truth. Every word that he has ever spoken to his people is truth. The mountain was Caleb's because he fully followed the Lord. He walked in obedience, faith, belief. He was a doer of the word rather than just a hearer. Tremendous blessings accompany obedience. And God knows when the season is right, when it's the right time. They could have decided over that 40-year span, they could have decided, okay, 20 years have gone by, let's go and take the land. They would have failed. God had a specific time. God said 40 years, and it wasn't 39 and a half years. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. You don't give up. You keep the, you keep the, the, the goal in, in sight. You remember the promises of God, and you hold on to the promises of God. You're going to reap in due season. When God's time is right. Isaiah 44, 3. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my, my blessing upon thy offspring. And what has the Holy Spirit, what has God promised to the church? The promise is unto you and your children and your children's children as many as the Lord shall call. This precious Holy Spirit that has been given the church to get the job done is offered to all who will believe. The reign of the Holy Spirit always precedes the harvest. Obedience to his will says, not my will, but thine be done. And then instead of worry and weariness, there is peace and rest because we know that God is able, if we will believe. Psalm 23, 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. 
when you know that you know that you know that what God has promised he will perform, you can have peace. You can just be able to have patience and wait for that special day when what God has promised to you and your children will be yours. Amen? Amen. How could Caleb be so confident at 85 years of age? Because he was relying on the promises of God. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I can sort of identify with Caleb. Yes, man, we can do it. Amen? Because he was relying on the promise of God. He truly believed that God will do what he promised. He knew and believed this more than 40 years before this. He still believed it. His faith was just as strong now as then. Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3 and 8. This is what the Lord says. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crop, and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest, and your grape harvest will overlap the season of planting grain, and you will eat your fill and live securely in your own land. I will give you peace in the land, and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. It's not a question of, of many or few with God. It's faith in the promises of God. And this is what Caleb and Joshua knew. They heard what God had promised. They believed what God had promised. And nothing would deter them. And folks, nothing has changed. God don't let down his standard for a younger generation. God don't let down his standards some 400 years later, 4,000 years later, and say, oh, it's different for you guys now. You are living, living in this modern society. You think differently than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob thought. So I'm going to change the rules for you. No, 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 no. Word of God is forever settled in heaven. The Word of God stands. We in our churches and in our conferences can change the laws of the church all we like. But when we meddle with the Word of God, we are on a slippery slope. And I will stand for the truth of God's Word till the day that God calls me home. Because I want to stand before my father one day and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in what I have put you in charge of. 
And so it's not a question of how many or how few. God's Holy Spirit working in one person can change a nation. So in conclusion, God isn't into blessing laziness or cowardice, fear and submission to the enemy. That's not what God is about. Folks, he saved us to be winners. He saved us to be victorious. And not just saying that we're victorious, but living like we're victorious, acting like we're victorious, fighting like we're victorious, fighting to win. Paul tells us what to do. Life is a struggle. When you're faced with the mountain of adversity, here's what Paul says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a spiritual battle. Doesn't matter if you don't believe it or not. If you don't believe it, you're getting defeated all the time. Amen? Caleb told Joshua, 14, verse, chapter 14, verse 12, If the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. That's the key. The Lord helping me. The Lord with me. The Lord with you. Depending upon him. Trusting in his promises. God doesn't call us to claim our mountain alone. Remember that. If God plans for you to face a mountain whether it's in your finances or whether it's in your, in your health, whether it's in your relationships, he plans to help you to conquer it. Amen? You're never alone. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You're a child of God. He's standing beside you. His Holy Spirit is in you. His Holy Spirit is walking beside you. He's helping you in every battle. The question is whether or not you're planning to let him help you. Every time we fall flat on our face, we have left God out of the picture. I'm reminded of another man who faced a mountain in rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2. We're all familiar with this scripture, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Allow me to read it for you in the New Living Translation. Verses 6 to 7. Zechariah chapter 4. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength. That's might nor power, okay? But by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel has set the final stone on the temple, the capstone, in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Because we realize that when we do a work for the Lord, when it is completed, it has been by the hand of God. And we are but instruments in his hand. There's a song we used to sing many moons ago. Is there a mountain in your way? Do doubts and fears assail? Press on, oh, hear the Spirit say, this mountain will come down. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. This mountain shall be removed by my Spirit, says the Lord. So folks, believe it and declare it. Step out in faith. Be courageous in battle. Be compliant to the word. Because that's the heart of a winner. And we're all winners in this army of God. Amen? Are you here today? And you're fighting a battle? Maybe you've tried a number of times to follow God's word. Do what God wants you to do. You fail. Say, pastors, it's useless for me. I just fall flat on my face so many times. Why don't you try again? Winners don't quit. Winners are not quitters. We stand on the word of God. We believe the word of God. God put a very special verse for people like you and me who think we're doing so well and then all of a sudden we're right back into where we started from. And I'm willing to say right now that every one of us here has got a weakness. There is something that we could kick ourselves daily for. Everything else we seem to be doing pretty good with. But there's that one thing that we just don't seem to get victory over. If we sin, here's the verse. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And listen to this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If it wasn't for the grace of God, where would we be? The blood of Jesus washes away all sin, folks. And so if you have failed and if you've fallen flat on your face and you think, well, I, I'm not like the rest of those people, you know, like I'm, I'm not worthy. Get that out of your mind. Okay? It's only the blood of Jesus that makes me worthy and it makes you worthy. 
And rather than continue on in sin because you have sinned last week, why don't you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I accept what you've done on the cross as a full payment for my sin. And your word tells me that if I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You don't have to stay in the mire. Folks, we're not pigs. We're not pigs. We don't just love to get in the mud and just stay there. When we get dirty, we want to get cleaned up again. So if you feel that you're not close to God today because of something that you've said or something that you have done, why not get it right with God? Why not say, Lord, forgive me? and Start walking in true holiness with him. He died to make us righteous. The Bible says that when we were still sinners, He died for us. He died so that sinners could be set free. Is there anyone here this morning who say, I want to rededicate my life to God? I want to start my life anew with him, or I've never known him in my life. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Would you put up your hand if, if you're here? You want to know Jesus as your Savior today? You want to rededicate your life? Praise the Lord. What an awesome congregation. We're all ready to go. The trumpet sounds right now. Bang. We're in heaven. That's good. That's good. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. You've got a real mountain in your life. You don't have the answer. I want you to know that Jesus do. Jesus got an answer for you. Doesn't matter what it is. You could name whatever it is. Jesus got an answer for that. Sickness, disease, depression, sinful habits, addictions. No matter what it is, Jesus has the answer. If you have a need, Jesus has an answer. Why don't you stand with me? Our worship team is going to lead us. Our prayer team is going to come. You have needs today. You want to be prayed for. You come. We'll pray with you. Always remember, you don't have to walk in defeat. You can walk in power and victory because that's what God has promised to each one of us. Amen? Hallelujah.
you've been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.